AnteUp is your poker magazine dedicated to the everyday player and their poker rooms. Pick up a free copy at your favorite poker room nationwide each month. But AnteUp is much more than a magazine. Visit AnteUpMagazine.com daily for breaking news and each week download our award-winning poker cast. Join us on our action-packed poker cruises to exotic destinations. AnteUp, it's your poker magazine. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's November 23rd, 2018. You're listening to the best PokerCast on the internet. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. little feel-good story to kick off the show this week. Yeah, you know, these kind of things that you need to put out there when people go, oh, poker players. <laughs> oh, criminals and drug dealers. I'm like, not Rob Reed. That's, That's what I'm right. going to say for one, right? So, That's right. Uh, Rob Reed, of course, is a, well, not, of course, you probably never heard of him, but <laughs> he is the general manager of Hustler and Lady, a lucky lady casinos near Los Angeles. And this past week, he, or on Veterans Day, actually, he won a $2,000 in a tournament and donated all the winnings to the Red Cross Disaster Relief Fund for first responders fighting those terrible wildfires in Southern California. Uh, all right, so with $2,000, not uh, not going to make a big difference, right? But it's the thought that counts, right? So right. Um, those things have just been absolutely devastating, uh, both down there and then up north. They keep saying near Sacramento. I, I keep looking at the map, making sure Thunder Valley's not going to get right. affected, and it's not quite there yet. But, yeah. <clears throat> You know, there's like I talked about this with some friends before. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out where in the United States you can live and not you worried about something at some point, right? Yeah, I've um, always wondered about that. We have hurricanes here, <clears throat> you know, in the Midwest. You have tornadoes out west. You have like wildfires like every day. Yeah, there's got to be some place that we can live. Where, and then, yeah, you worry about the fault line with the earthquakes. And, yeah, earthquakes. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Jeez, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> there's always something. A lot of times, those are the ones that start the fires too. The fault line, the earthquakes, and then something ruptures, and then the next thing right. you know, they got wildfires too. And yeah, and there's nowhere in like the United States where like you know San Diego's got great weather, but it's still in California where all this stuff happens. So it's like you know the desert. Yeah, I don't want to live in the desert. They got those monsoons, and I mean, yeah, there's just nowhere to live in this. I country. mean, I, I think we decided maybe Minnesota. And no disrespect to John Somsky, <laughs> but. Uh... They got snow there. So. Yeah, they got snow. Like Iowa was like the greatest state, voted the greatest state to live in or something. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll take a hurricane over snow any day. I'll yeah, I, I think I will so. too. Yeah. Um, Not to mention that we can get away from hurricanes. So. I thought it was interesting too that uh, a poker tournament led to some relief from this because it gives a whole new meaning to the word rake uh, these yeah. days when you think yeah. about what's going on with the uh, yeah. the president. <clears throat> um you know, I read the story, and I gotta tell you, I'm—I hate to be that guy, but my problem with the story is the author. The person who wrote this story needs to get a—I a, don't know—a lesson in writing, or have an editor sit him down. And first of all, they misuse the word or the term "lion's share." Ninety-nine percent of the people use this wrong. They all think it means most of something. Lion share actually means everything, and it's a mistake that they use it. It was the actually in the Times style guide, huh? 
Never seen a lion that likes to share. Yeah, exactly. And that was in the time style guide when you and I were going there and working. So, Not um, to mention that it's cliche in me. But yeah, and to me, it's inexcusable. If you're writing for public consumption, it's like, you know, you got to learn these things. It's inexcusable to use cliche anyway. But if you're going to use a cliche, at least use it properly. Um, but the really thing that got me was, they. did you read the description of the Ace-Jack-Ace-King hand? Uh, I probably did not get that far. No, okay. sorry. So the, <clears throat> apparently he was all in like midway through the tournament or so with Ace-Jack versus Ace-King, or he was trailing miserably. Uh, he, was, he was either close to being out or he was completely out. So they the, the writer says uh, he had Ace-Jack only to find himself looking at an Ace-King combo. Which, combo? Which This is not a poker writer, you can tell. Then he says he scored a jack on the river for a slight edge, right? So first of all, there's no slight edge. You don't score a jack. And it turns out it wasn't the river. It was the flop. Because then he says, (laughs) but a a king on the turn dampened his dreams. The river would be the savior, however, as another jack appeared to give him a set. Which, by the way, that's trips, not a set, if you're old school. So, to me, this guy got like 14 things wrong in one sentence. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. In in Calvin Ayer's defense, he created Bodog and can buy us over four million times. In fact, actually, Calvin, if you're listening, please buy us over four yeah, million. Please times. do that. So grammar doesn't need to be an important part of his life. Facts. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, it was a good feel-good story uh, for a feel-good week. It's uh, Thanksgiving week. That's right. It's Thanksgiving tomorrow, and I'm going to be on a plane to Vegas in the morning, and uh, my turkey dinner is going to be at Oscar Steakhouse tomorrow night. And there will be no turkey; it will be flaming on. So why? Why are you going to Las Vegas? Because the wife wanted to. Oh, man. The things we do. Married, and you'll have to do what your wife tells you. So <laughs> the things we do for our. <laughs> but no, I've warmed up to it. I think uh, I'm not going to wax on again this week about warming up to it. I'm looking forward to the trip. How now, long so. are you going there for? Uh, we'll be in Vegas uh, three nights, and then in Zion National Park for two nights. After no, that. My brother's been there a couple times. He loves that park. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, particularly because the weather. When we booked it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how cold it is in Utah in November. Mm-hmm. And uh, the high is going to be like right around 60 every day. Perfect hiking weather. So I was going to say, how the hell are you going to hike? Oh, I hike all over. You walk. You don't hike. You walk on flat land Florida. I can't wait to see you mountain. I can't help it that I live in Florida. There's no mountains to climb here. But when I get a mountain to climb, I climb it. <laughs> when I get a mountain to climb, I climb it. I, mean, I might put that on a T-shirt in our tea public store. Yes, yes. More on that later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Thanksgiving tomorrow, and there wasn't a lot going on in the poker world, so I, I goaded you hard into doing a bit this week. Um, and actually, I told my wife about this last night. She's like, that was a really good idea. I'm like, good, can you tell Chris that? Because I don't think he sold on it. <laughs> I did say it wasn't a good idea. I just thought we did too many people. <laughs> Uh, all right, so here's a question that we're gonna uh, we're gonna answer. If we could invite anyone from the poker world, living or dead, real or fictional, to Thanksgiving dinner, who'd we invite? Now, this is interesting to me because I haven't had a traditional Thanksgiving dinner in years. So, but I do I, I do live vicariously through the horrible stories of all my friends that have twenty relatives over arguing about politics. Yeah. So that's part I, I try to create something that I, I, I don't really have a good frame of reference on with my list. So and I don't know where you came from with uh on yours, but uh it should be an interesting discussion, I think. We might have some overlap, we might not. I'm sure we will. I gotta think. So what I told you is ten and you're like, How about five? I'm like, How about ten? And then five <laughs> minutes later you're like, I've got ten. I'm like, All right, 
quit wasting my time. Well, because at first I thought it was it was the way it was presented to me. I was thinking that it was like we're playing poker with these people, and I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't no, know no. if I want these people in my house. Never mind, you know. Th- but Thanksgiving dinner as characters and stuff, maybe. Or so I, all right, I got a list. So I came up. With oh, a list. trust me, I, I'm inviting some people I don't want to have at my dinner, but I for but I'll get into my reasons. Oh, okay, good. That's that's what I'm saying too. All right, so. That's but I figured the ten it would be a good discussion because we're gonna ha- I, we have to have some overlap, right? I think so. Maybe not a lot, but... It's so, possible. I'll be shocked if you have a completely different 10-person list than I have. I might, but I might not. All right. You want to kick the it thing. off? Yeah, I'll kick it off. But here's the thing is, like, I'm going to make you regret making it 10 names. Because <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going to wax on so poetically about every one of them that it's going to make you late for all the meetings you're supposed to have today in 50 <laughs> minutes. And That's you're going right. to be like, damn, That's I right. should have gone with five. So, All right, I'm going to kick it off with Wild Bill Hickok. Hey, he was on my list. So see if we just ruined that bet already. <laughs> So it's pretty obvious why this guy should be on the list. I mean, not only does this guy pretty much do everything in life from, you know, being a lawman and a spy and obviously a gambler and gunfighter, but he also used to tell all these friggin' stories, stories yeah. that just made him legendary, whether they were true or not. So I would just love to hear what this guy would have to say at my table. You know, I'd go to him on with something and then see what he had to talk about. And, I mean, this guy did everything. He was even an actor. So, I mean, yeah, that would be a crazy conversation, I think, with him. And he's certainly the oldest person on my list, so you know I've always been fascinated by like the Wild West stuff. So I, I would love to hear those stories, and I'd also like to, you know, um, you know, get some of my first real Thanksgiving dinner, right? So I want to design the table and you know all the accoutrements, right? And uh, I, I want to put like little personal things to make them feel welcome at home at my dinner, right? <laughs> and I, w- I would put two aces and two eights at his table, and then go duck. <laughs> I could be the guy that saves Wild Bill Hickok's life. That's the thing, too. That's the other thing I wanted to say was, on this list, I was considering inviting them, but only if I could have them at certain moments in history. Like, like for instance, I was thinking about having Teddy KGB on the list. Right. But I would only want him on the list if it was, I could go back in time and grab the Teddy KGB who know, does not know that his Oreo eating is his tell. <laughs> so then after we're sitting back with our pants unbuttoned from the trip to fan and everything, and we're sitting there and we're like, hey, let's let's play a little Hold'em, what do you say? And then I know, oh, I got some Oreos for dessert if you want some, you know, and then I could take them for all his money. But <clears throat> I don't know, so I just said, I'm just going to invite people, I'm not going to worry about that. Because when you talked about the Aces and Eights hand, yeah. I thought about you know, inviting him before he knew about that hand or, like, moments after he got shot to say, were you really holding aces and eights? You know? <laughs> so it just depends, I guess, on when we could invite them back. But I thought, yeah, I can't believe he's on your list. That's cool. Good. So we repeat right away, the first one. First one. Uh, have- so I'm going to go all the way to the bottom of my list. I was going to end with Teddy KGB because he was on my list. But since you mentioned it, I'm going to move him up so we can talk about him now. Okay. And what I think is interesting is you didn't want to invite him because now he knows his telling you can't profit from them financially right right reason i'm inviting him is because i love oreos and i know that's what he's gonna bring you know <laughs> when we put out hey i'm gonna cook the turkey you guys all bring a side dish i know he's guaranteed 100 percent. there's gonna be oreos there so little known fact people think hydrox are a ripoff of oreos and in fact it's the other way around hydrox came out first and are been around longer than oreos just but are there double stuff versions? No, they weren't double stuff Hydroxes. But here, here's the thing. I'm curious. What would he do if you put out Hydroxes for him and they weren't actually Oreos? Would he flip out and throw them? And... Yeah, I don't know. It's almost like a... I don't know. 
part of the test kitchen. <laughs> where he, how do you react? You know, maybe you flip the table over and pay that man his turkey, and you know <laughs> the stories. Plus, I don't have any foreigners on my list. I don't think so. You'd be like, oh no, that's not true. I have another foreigner on my list. I don't so. think I. I don't think I do. Yeah, but I think definitely all... from over the ocean. So yeah, mine are all from America. So all right, my next one. Then I guess we'll move on. So my next one is Richard Nixon. Oh my God, he's on my list too. No See, this way. is why we need to do ten. Don't argue with me ever again. Well, we're still waxing on each or each version of why the person's on, so it's still going to be a long list. We're already twelve minutes into the show. All right, so why is Richard Nixon on your list? Well, I I, I think that um, you know I had heard so much about how well he played poker that you know. Uh, in the Navy and stuff, and help fund his campaign or something. And congressional campaign was winning. Yeah, yeah. so I, I want, first I'd want to just talk to him about that, like what kind of games he played and what that experience was like. Um, and then I probably would like to play with him since he's in the house already, having dinner with me. Hey, I give you a meal. At least you could do is play poker with me. And I'd probably bust his balls a little bit about Watergate and stuff. Just you know, see how he'd react to that. He'd probably kick my ass, but it'd be worth it. But I don't know, between that and, and just, I'd like to see, I hear all these stories about people, how they played, and I never actually got to witness. Like, some of the people, you get to see if they're actual poker pros or whatever, you'll see in old videos or stuff from, like, when the World Series was on ESPN back in the day or whatever. But uh, Richard Nixon, I mean, there's no no chance we'd ever get to see how he actually played, see if he really was as good as he was, or if he just had a decent skill and everybody else was just horrible like they are in the Navy, you know? Or if he was just like John Candy and Stripes, and he, he's like... <laughs> yeah. Let me let me see your hand. I would go all in. That's me, Mr. Nixon. <laughs> exactly. So that's why Nixon would come to my t- and I know you I mean, obviously. Dick, so you know, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. That's so. right. Uh, no, no, I I won't wax on too much more about that because he did all the good points. But one, I I find him just a fascinating guy. I mean, he's not my politics, but um, he did do a lot of good stuff. He you know created the EPA. He, he made a lot of progress with China. All that stuff is fascinating. I would want to hear about that. You're right. I'd want to like kind of get into the. The Watergate stuff a little bit of what got there, and then um, and then yeah, I just talked to him about the uh, how awesome it is to fund your first campaign with poker winnings. Yeah, that's I can't crazy. say that. Right. That's crazy. Nice so, right. so I guess I got to go now. Right? Yeah. Right, since you're stealing all mine. All right, I'll go boring and top my list. Daniel Negreanu. Oh, he was on my list, and I took him off. See, there you go. Now, I don't know whether they celebrate Thanksgiving in Canada, but... Uh, yeah, I think it's like uh, October, I think. That's right, it's a different day, right? Okay, yeah. that's right. Yeah, it's October. Anyhow, but, you know, you need to have a personality at, at Thanksgiving, right? You need somebody to keep the conversation going, because, you know, sometimes it dies even with 20 people there. We're never going to have trouble getting a conversation going, Daniel. Um he uh, he drinks wine, so he's going to help me drain a couple bottles. That's going to be fun, and um, you know he's just always on. I think he, he's never like he's always a ten. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't miss anything. I've had the pleasure of chatting with him. Uh, I went to that Vinny LeCavier thing, and he got knocked out. Or, I had I got knocked out early. With him. Yes. Yeah, I, and then uh, t- <clears throat> sat down with him at a table and just chatted with him for a little while. And he knows a lot of stuff about a lot of things. Um, you know. I don't know if he's a renaissance man, but he, he certainly knows a lot of things, and uh, he's obviously entertaining. He's he's always voted the number one poker player in the world, you know, by by the you know like the People's Choice Award type of thing. So he'd be a really cool guest. But I took him off okay. because my list was just it was just bursting with people that I had to have dinner with. Um. So my next person is Stu Unger. Yep, he's on my list too. Oh, oh come God. on. You're making this up. You have a list of like 20, and you're just doing this. To... No, no, no. 
Everything was pretty obvious. I, the other thing too is if I could get Stu Unger to tell me, he I'm sure he. Had, I mean, you've seen a, a lot of him in that movie that was a high roller or whatever it was, right? Like, yeah, Michael Imperioli. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I I would love to hear his stories. He's got to have a ton of stories from when he was wasted, from when he was gambling, from when he was running from every person who probably need, wanted money from him. But it would be a great thing. And then I would love to just have him play um, <clears throat> Rummy. I wouldn't because yep. he was so much better at rummy than he was at poker, and I just I you hear the stories about what he was able to do and the greatest rummy players in the world. He let him see the bottom card of the deck, and I, that's just an incredible. That's what I, I, there, you'll notice. There are probably a lot of savants on my list, and he was one of them. Um, I just I you know the the stories, even from the Catskills to Vegas to California, whatever it is that he got himself into. Just was seemed just so fascinating. It was not a lifestyle I could lead, which is why you're so attractive to it, you know. Right. Um, but I would just love to hear what Stu had to say. My my concern would be you don't know what Stu's going to show up, right? Yeah. You may not get those stories. You might get uh, you might get them all coked out and yeah. just uh, stumbling over, knocking the table over, ruining all the meal, right? Yeah, he'd have to wear those big round glasses to to hide yeah, the yeah. fact that his nasal cavity had collapsed from all the coke he did. Um, but yeah, if he's there and a willing participant, uh, that would be great. So yeah. I, I gambled, I rolled the dice and put him on my list. So, for that <laughs> so I'm getting confused on how this list is going because if it's on your list and then we go to you, you're going to run out of people before I do. So I think uh, I need well, to. No. I mean, you said Stu's, and I'll go to the next one, and I'm sure he's on your list too. I'm going to say Doyle Brunson. He is on my list. Of course he is. Why would he, he be is. on your list? See, this is why I did ten. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You, you, how can how can he not be on anybody's list for Thanksgiving? I right? Know, I know. I mean, he's such a nice guy. You know, uh, Godfather of poker. He, he would be funny. He would have great stories. Um, you know, he's probably going to eat more than his share of the turkey, though. So I'm going to have to get a bigger turkey, but. Oh, he's got that gastric bypass, though. He's pretty skinny now. You may not. Oh, no, that that's much. true. Yeah, it's true. Hmm. He might not. He might not eat that much. But no, yeah, he'd just be a nice guy there. He's kind of like you know, you got to fill the 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 holes in the in the family tree there, so he'd be like grandfather coming over. Well, that's the thing too is when you look at this this list, you know, this guy's been around forever, and every time they interview him on television, he'll have some story to tell that you never heard before. And he can right. get interviewed a million times, and he'll have a different story for every person that interviews him. And he's just, you know, that's what I—that's what I'm really interested in. Is if you're sitting around the table and you're kicking back with your pants undone, you want somebody to just take the lead and just tell you something that's going to make you go, "Holy cow!" You know, and just be fascinated <laughs> by it. Um, you know, whether it's playing in a home, uh, in a road game or a home game where there's guys with machine guns on the roof, you know, that stuff. It just, or even just the fact that the scare that he had when he thought he was going to die of this growth on his neck or whatever the hell it was and yeah. now he's in his 80s and he's still around and <clears throat> it's just crazy yeah i'd love to have him on 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 my dinner my my table easily perfect all right, all right. my next one is doc holiday oh my gosh he is not on my list he's not on your list finally <laughs> uh i i really thought that uh your huckleberry yeah i'd love to hear him say that um but he was fascinating Fascinating character, um, great stories again. I mean, can you imagine the OK Corral shootout and all those stories? And um, you know, w- w- he died of consumption, didn't he? Is that what it was, or uh, he had tuberculosis or whatever? Sure. I can totally relate to that. So <clears throat> you know, um, you guys can share your illness stories. You know, all and plus, I'll say to him, "All right, 
I'd sit them down. Most people do this. They they'll, they'll have a big dinner and they sit down. They'll watch a movie or they go to the movies or something. So I'll I'll play for him Tombstone, and then was uh, Wyatt Earp. I'll play both movies and I'll be like, settle it once and for all. Which one was better? Which one? Yeah, I got to throw Quick and the Dead in there. Uh, no, I'm not throwing. The, oh no. Okay. No. And then, uh, or, or you could play the Henry Fonda one too. I guess that that movie I guess was pretty much. Uh, the same thing, same story. So, but obviously he'd say Tombstone. Um, but you know, Doc Holliday is an interesting character, uh, great poker player, and uh, I don't know. He's not on your list, huh? I'm shocked. No, no, it didn't make my list. But see, it's good. All right, so we, got, we we got some difference in. So, all right. So here's the thing: Thanksgiving dinner again. Talking to all my friends of this, so you got to have sibling drama at Thanksgiving dinner, right? Yeah. Um. So I'm going to invite Howard Letter and Annie Duke. Ooh. So they count as two, or is that still just one? That's two. I count them as two. Oh, jeez. You're going to have nobody left by the time I do my list. Well, i got two left now. <laughs> yeah, I've got like six. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's not going to be uh, – my other two are going to be on your list. I, I could be wrong. But, uh, um, but yeah, so, I mean, one, I'm trying to be funny by having a sibling rivalry. But I also find both of them very fascinating. I know they're both incredibly hated in the poker world now. Um, but I do find them fascinating, and you know sometimes hated people can be fascinating. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Yeah. You know, like, not not trying to be best buds with them and the uh, you know hang out at the Starbucks going forward. I'm just having them over for dinner one night, right? Yeah. Um, but you know I would like to know. Obviously, I would like to see if Howard would open up about full tilt in ways that he hasn't yet, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But even if he didn't, it'd be nice to have that conversation about how the early days before people hated full tilt, right? When people loved it. That would be interesting. Um, and then, of course, you know, Annie Duke's got her own ultimate bet drama stuff that we can come up with. Um, uh, but I want to talk to her about The Apprentice, particularly now because yeah. Trump's president and everything. Yeah. I think that would be kind of fun to, to have a discussion with her about how that whole experience was. And Because now all these people are coming out of the woodwork saying how horrible Trump was on The Apprentice. But they weren't saying it when he was getting a paycheck. They were getting a paycheck from him, right? Right, because her big deal was Jonah Rivers, too. They were the ones yeah. that Jonah Rivers just treated her horribly and called her all these names and everything, too. So that would be an interesting conversation. I think that yeah. if you – it weighs what you should do. You'd get, you'd get Annie and Howard mad at each other somehow. You'd, you'd get something to get them mad. And right. then they would then they would willingly tell Stoke the fire. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they would willingly tell, you know, shit about each other. So she'd be like, Oh, you knew about the full tilt thing or you know, whatever. And then they'd they'd get in each other's under his skin and that that's the way to do it. You get them all kind of upset at each other somehow. And then you start asking them those questions. They'll offer the answers for you. That'd be pretty cool. So <laughs> Diabolical. I love it. All right, so obviously I have Mike McDermott on my list. I uh, yeah, uh, being Ring a bell if you didn't think that was coming. Yeah, and I actually didn't have him on. I had to take somebody off to put him wow. on. I think that's what I took Negreanu off. Because um, mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty obvious, you know, my yeah. man crush and everything. And so I, I thought it was pretty obvious that he would be on my list. So I thought maybe I'd throw everybody for a loop. But then I didn't think anyone would think it was authentic if I didn't have him on the list. So right, exactly. it's pretty obvious why I want Mike McDermott from Rounders on the list. Um I don't think I need to say any more about that. Plus, I don't want the show to get too long, and you're going to miss all your dates. So, well, and I, if you invite him, I would, I would tell him, you know, let's say dinner is at noon. I would tell him it's at twelve fifteen. <laughs> that way, he shows up, and you guys already have cards on the table, and he will tell you what everybody has. <laughs> oh man, but we have to be playing stud, though. You can't be playing hold. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, yeah, yeah. Stud. Thanksgiving. All right, you still got a bunch on your list. Why don't you take another one here? Uh, all right, so I would, I would invite. Well, I'm going to invite Paul Newman 
Okay. As Henry Gondorf, though, um, because he's played more than one poker character. That's true. So I'm going to invite him as Henry Gondorf, but only if Phil Hellmuth is there, too. (laughs) Because uh, if if people didn't see this thing, uh, he was really good at getting other people's skin in that movie and and singers and stuff. So if Hellmuth is there and then Henry Gondorf is there, that would just be like fireworks. Um, So I would love to have that poker character from history at my table, but only if Helmuth is there, too. I like it. Yeah, I thought about putting Helmuth on my list just because I want to see if you'd like, you know, I'd eat the turkey every time if luck wasn't involved. And, and I'd carve it perfect every out. time if it wasn't for dull blades. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I would have liked to have that there, but um, he didn't make my cut. So. so I still have one, two, three on my list left. Three. All what right. do you have? I got two on my list. All right, so, so. I'll go one more. Okay. Uh, Phil Ivey. Okay. Had him on the list, took him off the list, had him on the list, took him off the list, had him on the list. So uh, I think it's, you know, he's Do my favorite. Do not let him anywhere near your Baccarat table. <laughs> he will take your entire house. Uh, but only because they're edge dealing for him or whatever they right. call it. I have no idea. Uh, but I, I, he's always been my favorite poker player, and I've never been able to interview him. He's very reclusive, yes. yeah. Yeah, I've never Even talked to him. Yep. I've, I, I, the one time I had a chance... Uh, he bolted out of the uh, Foxwoods when I was there. He was downstairs. There, I was upstairs. I heard he was downstairs. I came down. I watched him play for a couple minutes, and then I got called away or something, or something happened. I had to go do something. I come back. He's gone. And yeah. I was like, oh, he's out? They're like, he's out. I'm like, well, where is he? Oh, he left. He's gone. I'm like, what? So maybe if I was smarter, I would have checked like the Baccarat tables or something. To see. Maybe he <laughs> stepped around. I didn't know it. But I never had the chance to actually talk to him. And he is kind of a recluse, so I don't know what kind of conversations we would have. He might just be sitting in the corner and saying, why am I in this guy's house? But if I could get him to open up and talk, I'd like to talk to him. And it would be all kinds of things i talk to him about. It doesn't have to just be, you know, because he's obviously a gambling degenerate, too. So it might be some of his crazier prop bets and things like that. Just have a nice little conversation with him. But it's always irked me that, and now with, you know, our careers sort of like settling in as to, you know, being, you know, editors and and staying at home kind of thing and having the writers do stuff for us i'm probably never gonna be able to talk to this guy ever so that's why he's on my list i like it yeah real mystery all right Uh, i i I think i knew my list was turning out to be a big sausage fest i figures were too so we need we need a woman at the table here Mm -hmm. other than the so annie duke has somebody to hang out with so i went back and forth on who it would be here and i settled on shannon elizabeth wow American Pie, one of my favorite movies. I think it would be fun to talk to her about that. See if I can get her to say, talk like that weird Nadia accent. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, but she's also a good player, and she's super nice. We talked to her once at the World Series, didn't we? Oh, we had her on the show too. Yeah, when she, yeah, yeah. So uh, I found her very interesting. Uh, Vanessa Russo was the other one, but you know, we spent a lot of time talking with her at Best Bet and, and love her to death. Um, and I would like to talk to her about Big Brother, but so that was his choice. Do I want to hear more about Big Brother or more about American Pie? So that's why Shannon got the <laughs> Shannon got the uh, the nod there. But. It's it's interesting you said that because I made sure to have a woman on my list too. All right. And at first it was Jennifer Harmon. Yeah, and then, yeah, I, she was fine. And then I was yep. like, you know, I've talked to Jennifer Harmon uh, in public. I'm surprised she didn't make your list because you have been like deep in love with her forever. Yeah, I mean, it, it was more of a poker playing ability though, and it, it was like. And then we had her on the show, so I'm like, all right, well, I've talked to her, and I've, you know, so I, I want to get somebody that I've never talked to that I know uh, has played cards, and that would get under my business partner's skin that I only got to have 
Thanksgiving dinner with her. So I invited Mimi Rogers. All right, I figured you might go there. To yeah, Thanksgiving yeah. dinner. So she'll be talking to me about all these great things, and uh, you'll be jealous as hell, and I'll do selfies with her and stuff, and you'll be really mad. So Mimi Rogers is coming to dinner. I like that you you went the spiteful way on Thanksgiving. That's, that's the way the holiday should be. Yeah, that's right. Fun. You're trying to get any Duke and Howard and Letterer pissed off Very at each other, you, my friend. Yes, that's great. <clears throat> I might as well get you mad at me. <laughs> All right, my last one is uh, the Cincinnati kid, of course. So yeah. um, mostly because I want to make him watch Rounders and watch him go. This is a piece of. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere I... near as good as the movie I made. I'm like, I know, that's right. <laughs> Tell Chris that. I read somewhere that the final hand between him and Eugene Robinson, or whatever that guy's name is, what the hell is that guy's name? Eugene G. Robinson, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was when he made a, when a full house loses to a straight flush and five card stud, is 45 million to one. <laughs> so, yeah, on that alone, the movie sucks. <laughs> so, but he'd be interesting. I, I think he'd be a cool, you know, obviously Steve McQueen's a cool character. Um, well, you also need it from different generations too. So, I mean, I guess Nixon's about that generation. So, um, maybe it's not drastically different, but yeah. you know, yeah, got a lot of modern people on here, so it'd be nice to. All right, so my last one—you'll never, no one could ever guess this. Uh, mm, okay, but my last one is Howard Cunningham from Happy Days. Oh. <laughs> Happy day at your house. I like it. Yeah, Howard Cunningham. Uh, when uh, when Potsy and Richie lose all their money to some frat guys because they were <laughs> being uh, roped in and hustled, and then Howard shows up at the game and starts doing all the stuff. He's a mechanic with the cards, even though he's this mild mannered hardware star store owner, you know, married to a hot wife. Uh, you know, <laughs> at night he, he sits in bed with the cards and does feral shuffles and stuff. You know what I mean? Getting his <laughs> Get his hands ready for what he's going to have that moment to steal some frat guy's money. Um, and then, of course, he just he takes him to town, man. He knows what he's doing. I thought that'd be a great, you know, what's Fonzie really like, you know? So if Fonzie played poker, I'd have him, but he doesn't. So I have to invite Howard and live vicariously through Howard's relationship with Fonzie. So I think that's it for me. I think Howard Cunningham would, would be, and he'd be able to carve the turkey. I mean, you know, he'd bring his own tools and stuff. Howard's a man, so... Absolutely. That's a good time. Oh, good right? list. See, that was fun. <laughs> All right. Well, the show's like 45 minutes long already, so let's get into this. Uh, any updates? Our 2019 Antioch Poker Cruise schedule includes a 16-night Panama Canal crossing, an 8-night Southern Caribbean adventure, and two shorter weekend cruises. Passengers on all sailings get one-month membership to advanced poker training and a quick reference poker odds card from thegamblingschool.com. For more info, visit AntiochCruises.com. And... As we said before, just in time for all of your holiday shopping, Annie Up has partnered with T Public to open a new online storefront where you can get Annie Up logoed merch. You know that word went out with like you know. No, it hasn't. Keep it alive. Large Keep it cell alive. phones. Uh, okay, so visit tpublic.com/store/anti-up to check out T-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, phone and laptop cases coffee and drink mugs and more with your choice of Annie Up Magazine, Annie Up Pokercast, or Annie Up Poker Tour logos. We'll be rolling out new unique designs soon. For a limited time, T Republic has all merchandise on sale. I refuse to say merchandise. Refuse to say merchandise again. So. Very good. All right, each week... some sales, so we appreciate that. <laughs> good. That's good. Thank you, guys. And if you had a problem with that link, uh, writing it all down, go to the Annie Up Fans page on Facebook and it's posted there, so yeah. you can just click through. Each week we spotlight a listener who emails us a podcast at com, and if they haven't won something from us in the past year, just like we do with Called Floor and Hand of the Week, we send them something cool. 
<laughs> this comes from Jonathan Nottenbacher. He's been on the show before. Yes, he has. <clears throat> cool name. He says, uh, my wife was still playing in a small tournament that I had been knocked out of, and uh, I and a number of others were standing around the table watching the action. It was close to the end, and all the players were under ten big blinds. She limped and then folded to a raise. After everyone else folded, and as the dealer was shuffling the cards, I mentioned to her that she shouldn't limp. She should fold or shove. The dealer scolded me with one player to a hand. I replied she wasn't in the hand at the time. He repeated his statement. After my wife gave me the stop-embarrassing-me eye stare, I walked away to pout. Sure, I was not in the wrong. After all, in the World Series of Poker final table, you see players get up from the table and go consult their rails for advice between hands. Then again, as far as I know, their rails do not shout advice to the players between hands while the players are at the table. Is there a prohibition against observers giving advice to a player seated at a table between hands? All right, well, I didn't. I debated whether this should be a call to the floor and send it to Elliot, uh, and then I decided, nah, we can just talk about it. Elliot listens to the show, so if he wants to weigh in on his own, he'll let us know. Yeah. But uh, my advice was, uh, I think he hit it on the end there, right? It's, you know, you're opening yourself to criticism, whether it's proper or not, when you're giving advice loudly to the table where other players can hear, right? Right. Now, if he had... Uh, tapped his wife on the shoulder and she gave up came up uh, stood up and they walked away a couple feet and he's like don't limp shove and sat back down i think that's a different story but i think when you're like at the table telling her how to play even though she doesn't have a hand and i do think the deal was wrong is they won't play her hand there's no hand in front of her right but uh but i think that that has the potential of rubbing other players wrong or in the wrong way um, it certainly angered the dealer here, so I, I think it's a matter of how he did it, not that he did it. But I could be wrong on that. Yeah, well, it gets back to years ago when somebody was asking us about if something was ethical, and I kept going on and on about whether it was legal. Right, right. And then right. you're like, yeah, but we're talking about ethics here, not legality. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So this kind of gets to that. Is it is it right. illegal? No, it's not illegal. You can do whatever you want in public. If they throw you out of the casino, then you're you're thrown out. But and he says one hand, person to a hand. Also, that whole one player to a hand thing, it's it, it's like the show one, show all thing. Do they mean show one card, show both cards? Or do they mean show one person, show everybody at the table? You know, you never know who you who, – it depends on who you're talking to. But the one player to a hand, it's while the hand is there and being played, and you're not allowed to get advice from me on the hand. When it's over, anybody can say anything they want to anybody. Right. You know, so that – but you're right. I think the way – the manner in which Jonathan did it, would you know get him a lot of crap and it did get him crap uh and i'm sure his wife was pissed off because no one wants to be scolded on how you're playing by your spouse in front of all the other people and then you're also letting them know that she's you've called uh, the attention to the fact that she's made a poor move so now they're gonna think she's a beginner so i mean you know there's a lot and now as she shoves or folds you know now you're gonna know when she shoves well she's probably have a shoving hand she you know i mean it's just it's just it's it's bad bad etiquette and you don't ever want that stop embarrassing me ice there. Yeah, you do not want that from the wife. One of the worst things you can get from the wife. Yeah, that's not good. All right, find yourself in a situation at your favorite poker room or home game and you're not sure what the proper ruling should have been, email us at podcastinandyetmagazine.com and we'll have Hollywood Casino Toledo Director of Poker, Elliot Schechter, tell you how he would have ruled. Because from our good friend David Bloomberg. Here's a question that seems basic, came up at a game tonight and caused an argument, so maybe it's not that basic. All cards are out and betting is done. One player tables his hand. A player across the table can't see exactly what the first one has and asks, is that a flush? The dealer doesn't answer but pushes up board cards that make the hand, showing that it isn't a flush. 
The second player realizes he has the better hand and shows. Afterwards, the debate begins. Is the dealer supposed to answer a question asked of him in that situation? The hand has been tabled, so I say yes. Same as if a player had asked how much a bet was. Others say no. The dealer doesn't have the obligation. I think that's crazy. All right. Elliot says, in public poker, that is, poker played in casinos and card rooms, cards speak is the rule for showdowns at the completion of betting. Cards speak is short for the cards speak for themselves. In practice, this means that the dealer, along with the players at the table, is obligated to read and identify all live hands that are correctly tabled at the showdown. Correctly tabled means that the hand is face up with the backs of the cards on the table. When the dealer is asked to read a tabled hand at showdown, the hand is supposed to be read, pure and simple. Silently pushing up the board cards to indicate which cards are being used by the other live player is not reading a tabled hand. If the dealer is not supposed to announce the hand's value, what is the dealer supposed to do with the pot? Is the pot going to be awarded to an unannounced winning hand? If the pot is about to be pushed to a player, can another player just announce a higher-ranked hand and get the pot redirected? The whole point of card speak is to eliminate that kind of situation you have described. The actual playing of a hand of poker ends when the final action is made that closes the betting. From there, the pot is pushed to the player that made an uncalled bet, or, uh, or the showdown begins and the pot is pushed to the player with the best identified hand. That's, that's right. Yep, just another one of these things where I went back and forth with David like this all the time, and I'm like, you know, this is what really annoys me at the table is, uh, all right, well, well I, I'm only going to show if I win, and it's this, this standoff that goes on forever. I'm like, just turn your cards over. Yeah. Just turn them over. I mean, I, I, I appreciate the fact that they want to know a proper ruling on it, but if I mean, just turn your cards over and push the pot to the right guy and play another hand, yep. you know, and then you solve all these problems, but. You know, if we, if we didn't have players that insisted on doing stuff like this, poker wouldn't be half as entertaining because it would be wouldn't be half as annoying, right? <laughs> uh, also, I want Dave to know that he almost made the magazine with this month. This month, uh, <laughs> I tried to make the uh, the call the floor into the magazine, but Scott's like, "No, we got to be fiscally responsible and take out some pages. We're too loose." And so we had to hold it for the month. So hopefully, it'll get in next month. It'll be in our issues. So. <laughs> Uh, and also, speaking of that, we also uh giving O'Malley the week off, uh, letting him enjoy his turkey without having to rush and get us a, an episode. So hopefully we'll be back next week. We're, we're so benevolent that way, aren't we? We're great, aren't we? All right, so that means it's time for the advancedpokertrain.com Hand of the Week. Send your hands or situations to podcast at antiupmagazine.com. If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you get a free membership to Advanced Poker Train, the world's number one poker training site. And I believe we have a situation from our favorite action hero, Steve Seagal. Nice. All right. He says, I hope, I hope all is well. I'm back on the train back from New York from Philadelphia after a fun AC Philly weekend. Uh, so I have a fun hand to share with you guys again. And he says, this has the added fun of uh, playing at the table with friends. And if they're ever friends at the poker cable, the answer is no. <laughs> All right, is um uh, one two at the Borgata. He's playing and he bought it for two twenty up to seven fifty. Obvious brag. Table captain living large. He says I see one of my friends who I came down with uh, playing two five, and he decides to come over to our table. A half hour later, I get king king in middle position. Uh, there's one limp. I raise to twelve dollars, and my friend calls, uh, and the big blind calls as as a limper. Uh, the flop is eight queen king all hearts, and I uh, celebrate by saying yay, and then oh my gosh! So the big blind checks. Uh, the next player bets out twenty five with a hundred behind. It's to me. 
My thinking is he has an ace of hearts, a repair, or a middling flush. With queen, king, and eight out there, that leaves eight x uh, heart, but no ace, king, ace, queen, queen, king, king, jack, queen, jack, blah, blah, blah. I go back and forth there, which play was right, but I raise to $90. My friend thinks for a while and raises all in to 277 and a guy takes a long time to fold, uh, effectively through a combo of tells announces that I have a flush and folds. So this leaves only one hand my friend has, which is the ace of hearts. I call, and he has it, and the river is the heart. He says, many things happen over the course of this hand, decisions made by all players that maybe should or shouldn't have been made. Three will flush out and raising is a profitable play, or is it calling is calling the profitable play? But the fact the guy had and folded a flush, my friend was 12% to win that hand. Did he buy me a drink after? He steak dinner, anything? No! And once again, it made me realize there really are no friends at the poker table. Also, it made me realize I hate kings, but will continue to be as aggressive as possible with them and be at peace with that. All right. What do you think? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I don't think there's anything you can do to make the outcome of this hand any different. You yeah, know, right. somebody already has a flush. He's not going anywhere to know how you bet. And if the other person has the ace of hearts, he's not going anywhere to know how you bet. So by the time you get to the river, he makes the nut flush, and then you're going to have to fold. So yeah, the only way you save money is if you slow play it, and then you can fold your to the four, to four hearts. That's the only way I think you save money. So, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's you know it's a, definitely a tough spot there, and um, you know you get a lot of people that will talk about you know don't be spooked by the all hearts board uh, because the chances of somebody flopping a flush are are limited. But when you have that many players in the hand, um, and the betting goes like this, you have to start giving a little bit more credence. Um, and even then, though, I mean you have outs at this point, right? So yeah, yeah. you know you got top set on this board, so. You know, it's a good value a hand to play. Um, and you're right, if that raise, let's see, I mean, let's see what, um, it was 25 and he raised. Um, you know, I don't know what would have happened if he called there. I'm going to think uh, he still would have got raised. It may not have been all in on that street, but it would have been all in on the turn probably, right? Yeah. And at that point, you know, maybe you get away from it at that point. Because now you, because they have the action, now you know somebody has the flush, and now you know you're drawing to catch up. But maybe not. I don't know. I, I mean, think that the other thing too is the other stacks weren't that big. The effective stacks weren't big enough, I think, to get me to fold after all the raising and calling. By the time you get to the turn, the the odds of you, you know, of turning down that that pot when you still have ten outs, right, to make your right. or whatever whatever it is at that point, eight outs maybe nine. I don't know how many. I forgot what the board ran as, but. You know, you still have outs to make your full house anyway. I don't think you can fold for like fifty bucks or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I don't see you getting away from this hand in any other fashion unless somehow, somehow it gets to the river where you didn't bet that much, and then if the four hearts come and you can let it go. So, I mean, it, it doesn't it suck? I mean, every time you have kings, something like this happens. Either an ace comes on the flop, or three to a straight, or three to a flush, or. Okay. You know. Yeah, I mean, how many times are you sitting there with kings? And you're like, please no ace, please no ace, please no ace, and the flop, the flop comes out, and you're like, all right, no ace. I'm like, oh man, oh. you're like top set, and you're like, oh, look at this, three hearts too, right? Unreal. <laughs> <clears throat> That's why we keep playing this game. That's why people love this game because exactly, you yeah, just can't it predict it. Solid game, you wouldn't enjoy it as much. So yeah. you got the highs and the lows. Um, to be results oriented, it is unfortunate that the the biggest stack next to our hero here, it seems like, is the one that had the flush, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, if it was the hundred, then you wouldn't hurt so much there at that point, and it, it changes the decision making a little bit. But uh, you know, 
277. That was a good chunk of our stack there. But, um, but you know, I think he's right. He deduced correctly that uh, uh, there was only one hand that he could have that had had a beat, and that just happened, <laughs> unfortunately, to be it. So yeah, it's just poor timing. You know, everything yeah. just lined up in the bad way, not the good way for him. But right. Steve, I'm not gonna cry for you. You turned uh, <laughs> twenty into the seven fifty, and then lost another three hundred, so so four fifty. So that's a good day at the tables for me at, ha- at no limits. So. And of course, you had a string of hit movies. So I mean, really, what's a couple hundred bucks anyway? <laughs> hey, everybody, have a great Thanksgiving uh, in America and in Canada. I hope you already had a great Thanksgiving, and elsewhere around the world, if you have Thanksgiving, enjoy it. I'm Chris Casenza. Hey, I'm Sky Log. We'll see you at the tables. Anti-Up is a production of antiupmagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at antiupmagazine.com or call our hotline at 206-338-6344. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network.